Leviticus 15 podcast, where you'll receive Bible study tools and tips in just 15 minutes. Hi, welcome back to the Focus 15 podcast. You're listening to episode 10. This is Katie Orr, and I'm here with Chris Orr. Yeah, yeah. And today we are answering the question, what's the big picture of Scripture? So I'm going to let the seminarian answer this one. Um, I think it's helpful for us to know what the big picture of Scripture is, because then we can see every book in the Bible, every verse, that it's all it all has a purpose. It's all pointing to the same thing. So... Um, what do you what do you think we need to know? Yeah, so I think you start out with the assumption that you just said, which is that there is a big picture, mm-hmm. that there is a a cohesive, um, consistent storyline throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. And um, if you didn't know that, uh, you've been put on notice. There yeah. is one. There. I didn't know that for a long time. I mean, I grew up knowing a lot about the Bible, like. Jonah this and David that and Jesus this and yeah so you heard you know, the stories I heard the stories but I just thought they were a collection of stories I didn't see that there were these big picture themes that they're all connected and they're all pointing to the same thing yeah start out with the assumption that there is a big picture um, and as we see the Bible as it's constructed I mean it's broken down into two testaments old and new it's uh, 66 books 39 in the Old Testament 27 in the New. A lot of those books are grouped by categories. We have the Bible in the format that it's in now because of uh, because of the the groupings that it that it naturally breaks down into. Um, but throughout all of those pages, throughout all of those chapters and, and verses, throughout all of the the Bible, there is a consistent theme. There is a consistent storyline, and we can track that. And I, in fact, I would argue that at any point on any page. That you, if you understand the the the, the major storyline, the big arc of Scripture, um, not Noah's Ark, the the, the A R C, not A R K, the the big like what we would call the meta narrative. If you can understand that, Whoa, then, big word, big yeah. word. So if you understand the 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 major overarching storyline, the umbrella that covers over all the Bible, um, you'll be able to find it from any page mm-hmm. that you find yourself in Scripture. So. Um, we've kind of been teasing it long enough, so let's let's get into the uh, the big picture of scripture. So you want to think of it in four uh, different components. First is creation. So I think most of you, if you've read through the Bible or if you read through parts of the Bible, you know that Genesis is the beginning um, uh, of the Old Testament, it's the beginning of the Bible, and the very first chapter of Genesis begins with uh, talking about God creating. And so in creation, we understand uh, the who of creation. We understand that it's God that creates. We understand the how of creation. He, he creates what theologians call as ex nihilo or from nothing. It's one thing to talk about um, creating something like, I made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And uh, but when you when you're talking about the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, there uh, you know most likely you didn't make the bread, you didn't make the peanuts or the peanut butter, you didn't make the jelly. You're just taking existing components, you're fashioning them into that sandwich. But when God created, He didn't take existing components. He created out of nothing. And so we see the who of creation, the how of creation, and uh, really in the rest of Scripture, we we kind of see the why of creation. God didn't create us because didn't create all of 
that which existed because he was lonely and needed um, our affection. Uh, he created out of the overflow of love that he already had with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Um, and so, creation is a grand theme of Scripture, the first mm-hmm. grand theme. The second grand theme is known as the fall. Um, and I don't mean like the autumn. So, the fall <laughs> refers to mankind's fall from um, a, a perfect, unspoiled relationship with God. So when God created Adam and Eve, he puts them in paradise, he puts them in the garden, and they they have jobs, they have responsibilities, they have uh, a marriage relationship, they have each other, and we're told that that was perfection, there was moral perfection in that time, that, that even though they had to work, the work was easy and, uh, and fulfilling, they, their marriage was a, in many ways a perfect marriage. They, um, they didn't argue. They didn't fight. They didn't, they didn't have to worry about who was paying the bills. Um, they didn't have to worry about uh, you know, who left toothpaste on the, uh, on the sink mm-hmm. or, or, any, or, any of those, or any of those things that, that, uh, that sinful that couples... That we don't talk about, well, no. Yeah. But uh, so, so God had created this, this paradise for them to live in. God gave them one rule. He, he gave them some boundaries, but, but it was primarily a boundary of one rule. God said, you can eat of anything, just don't eat of this one particular tree. And uh, Adam and Eve, they did what we would do, failed to keep that command, and they, they rebelled against God. They, they, in fact, wanted to reject God's authority over them and wanted to be like God. And so they fell, because of that sin, they fell away from their um, created perfectionist, uh, their, their, their uh, perfection as created. They, they fell away from that into sin, and they took all of mankind with them into that sin. So now every single person who lives from Adam and Eve all the way to today and, 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 and until uh, the end of time, every single human being is going to have that sin nature, that sin tendency where we see God's rules, we see God's authority, and we want to reject it. We want to um, rebel against it. And so uh, things like Romans chapter 3 talk about how no one's righteous, not even one person, that we all reject God, we all don't seek God like we should, and uh, the rest of Scripture um, is a, in some ways a history of how the fall has affected people. And so you look at the Old Testament, and Katie, I mean, you can kind of chime in here, the Old Testament is primarily a, a story of one nation, Israel, and what would you say would be the, the great testimony of, their, uh, of the Old Testament as it relates to Israel and their faithfulness to God? They messed up again and again and again. Yeah, over yeah. the course of hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, they, God gives them chances and chances and chances and chances and they never really they never really are able to follow God like he deserves. And so as we read through the pages of scripture whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, we see the effects of that second category. We see the effects of the fall that uh, God created. What he created was perfect. What uh, what God uh, created perfectly, mankind rebelled against and because of our rebellion we fell away from uh, that perfection, and uh, the rest of the world, the rest of creation is now broken and suffers the effects of that fall. Mm-hmm. So the first two points that, you've, you're, that you're talking about, both of those are in Genesis. So, I mean, you hinted a little bit to it with the fall, but if that's the... We're talking about the big picture of Scripture, but these are only just in Genesis. So are you saying that there are pictures of 
creation and the fall throughout all of uh, like this the symbolism of those things throughout all of the Bible. Well, yeah, I think you're going to find these four themes consistent, but uh, but it's no mistake that the first two categories happen in the in the first mm-hmm. opening chapters of Genesis, um, because in a sense that this is a these are chronological points. Mm-hmm. So creation happened first. Fall happens second, but yes, you're going to see echoes of creation all throughout uh, Scripture. I mean, the Psalms talk over and over again about God's creation, about the the heavens being the the or the skies, the 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 night sky being the the handiwork of God and proclaiming His glory. And so, you're going to see aspects of creation echo all throughout the pages of Scripture. You're also going to see, uh, like I mentioned, the fall and the effects mm-hmm. of the fall echo all throughout the pages of Scripture. So those are the first two. You got creation, you got fall, and then What's probably next? our favorite one um, is reconciliation. So we fell away from God. We we had a perfect relationship with God. It was unspoiled by sin. We fell away from it. But now, as people, we need and we're created to be with God. We are created to be in relationship with God. And if we don't have that relationship with God, then we have this massive void in our life. There was a French uh, philosopher named Blaise Pascal who said that there is a a God-shaped void or a God-shaped vacuum or a God-shaped hole inside every person. And so every person who lives tries to fill that void with something. We try to fill it with fame or fortune or pleasure or comfort or achievement um, or bite-sized Snickers, um, you know, we, we try to fill that. Context. Yeah, that's from a previous episode. Episode, episode eight, eight, I think. So, um, you know, so we, we try to fill that void with something, and really the answer that every single person is looking for is to be reconciled back to God, which only happens through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So Jesus comes onto the scene. He lives a perfectly obedient life. He, he does not suffer the effects of the fall because he was born of a virgin, and so he... He has the, the he was of the same nature of God, but he had a, phys, a real physical human body, and so he doesn't suffer the effects of the fall. He's tempted like we were. He just never fell into sin. God then takes Jesus' perfect life. Jesus goes to the cross. Um, Jesus dies on the cross as a sacrifice for our sin. So Jesus does for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. God, in His grace and mercy accepts Jesus' payment on our behalf, and if we place our faith in Christ, a double transaction takes place where Jesus' righteousness is transferred to our account and all of our sin is transferred to Jesus' account. And so through faith in Christ, we experienced reconciliation um, uh, to God. That which was broken has now been restored. And so the major theme of the New Testament is reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Gospels talk about mm-hmm. Jesus and him bringing reconciliation. Uh, Acts is the, the history of the church and, and, and how reconciliation, the news, the message of reconciliation spreading from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. Um, the New Testament epistles are uh, people asking questions of these prominent Christians saying, how do we deal with this? How, how does reconciliation help in these areas? And so reconciliation is, if you had to say any one theme was like the dominant theme, I would say it's reconciliation. Mm-hmm. It's the gospel that, mm-hmm. that, that salvation can be found in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. So you have creation, you have fall, you have reconciliation. Which a lot of people, some people also call it restoration. 
Yeah, or redemption. Or redemption, or, you know, and one of, of those are words, they're all ours. And, but. of course, all these categories are going to have subcategories. So, uh-huh. under that reconciliation category, you're going to have things like atonement, Jesus paying for our sin. You're going to have grace, the fact that God withheld punishment we deserved and gave us blessings we didn't deserve. Mm-hmm. You're going to see things like mercy. And so, all of these categories have secondary categories, have subcategories, and that's not to say that they're any less Christian. In fact, I would say that grace is the most Christian um, concept that's ever been created because you don't see it in any other religion or any other worldview, um, and so uh, so all so you are going to see these sub themes. We're trying to give you a an overarching theme mm-hmm. to cover all of Scripture. So creation, fall, uh, reconciliation, and then the last one is known as consummation. So uh, consummation. Hopefully, most people that are listening um, are either married or old enough to be married, and so. When we talk about consummation, culturally, it's usually in terms of consummating a marriage. So uh, you have the, the wedding ceremony, but, but you have the consummation of that relationship that happens subsequent to that marriage ceremony. So when Jesus Christ came, we talk about the already not yet kingdom. Is God's kingdom here? Yes, it is already here, but it is not yet here in its fullness. So it was mm-hmm. inaugurated when Jesus came his first coming, it will be consummated on his second coming. So the Bible teaches that Jesus is coming back, and when he comes back, he's coming back to rule and to reign, and he will be uh, king on the earth, and eventually he's going to defeat all of his enemies. He's going to bring heaven um, down to earth, that the earth and the heavens will be will be made new, um, that all that was broken in, in the fall would, would be redeemed and reconciled um, at consummation in its fullest form. So if you're a believer, you have been reconciled, but you're still waiting for that day when no longer do we struggle against sin. No longer mm-hmm. is the world broken and suffering the effects of sin. And so consummation is that time when, when Jesus finally sets straight everything that we messed up. Mm-hmm. So the four categories are creation, fall, uh, reconciliation, and consummation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that already but not yet idea really is so important and really helps us interpret a lot of Scripture. When you look at the fact that we are saved from sin but not yet. You know, like we are saved from the penalty of our sin, but we are not yet saved from the presence of our sin. You know, there's just so much in that already but not yet. So in wrapping up, would you say, Chris, that Every passage that we might study will have at least one of these themes in them. Absolutely. Um, now, you may have to dig a little to, to, to see where that theme is, but now that you know these themes, you can kind of trace it back to, okay, this is this is happening because of somebody's sinfulness or mm-hmm. somebody's brokenness, or this is a promise that is coming to us because we've been reconciled or because we are awaiting that consummation, mm-hmm. yeah. or, or, or this is something that's true of creation because of God's goodness. Yeah. So all everything that we see in Scripture is going to tie back to those to that overarching storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we wanted to spend an episode on this because it is so important and this may feel sort of academic for some people or you might be eating this up, but if you just tuck these words back, you know, somewhere in your brain that anytime you go to God's word, it's going to be connected to one of these threads of just this great tapestry that the Bible is of telling the story of God's love for us. So Thanks for listening in, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you've enjoyed these tips, share it with a friend. 
to learn more about Chris and Katie and the Focused 15 ministry, go to Focused15.com. Have a great week.